0: Hey guys, welcome to the, the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Obviously, it's me, Alex Whiteley, your host. Uh, joining with me today is Carl Jones from uh, the Shropshire Business Magazine. How are you? I'm very well, very uh, well. Thanks for, thanks for coming in. Um, you got suggested to me by... Um, it was Mark Harris. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: from the, uh, the business company.
0: Yes. Uh, great guy. He's, uh, he, he was helping me out a bit because we're trying to... Um, change things up at the biscuit, which well, we want to become like a, a CIC or something that, that, that stands for something, you know, rather than a hobby.
1: But <laughs> well, you've got a great setup here, haven't you, as well?
0: Well, you? this is the thing, right? So we what we're doing here is we're making use of the empty units. Uh, and Philip here at the, and, and the guys here at the parade, are very, we're very grateful that they've done that. So this is like a fourth, third unit I think we've moved to. Um, so we're looking for something a bit more permanent. So we need funding for that. And to get funding, you need to be a business or a company, so we are um, definitely uh, going to be making a few changes at the Biscuit now, I'm not very business-minded at all. <laughs> Put me in front of a uh, microphone; and that's where my genius is, right? That's where I, what I, where I belong. But when it comes to uh, fill, filling out forms, talking about uh, tax deductibles and uh, <laughs> revenues, I'm not brilliant at stuff like that. So, uh, There's nothing
1: wrong with that, though, because the, the whole point of making a successful business is to get on and just concentrate on creating and doing what yeah. you really love doing, isn't it? Well, this is
0: what I'm good at, and like I need. I I, I, um, I did drop a message on Facebook, and lots of people have offered to, uh, to have to sit down and have a conversation with me. But I, I have this terrible problem of filling up every single hour, every single minute of, it, of, of the week with editing, interviewing, work, family. So like when it comes to even like, a conversation via messenger... Sometimes I'm kind of like, I don't have time
1: for that. It's really weird. It just goes to prove that the thing they say about men that can't multitask is absolute nonsense. It? <laughs> don't you think? Well, that's just, this, this morning
0: um, I've been editing audio whilst we're looking at your website as well. Um, so uh, let's talk about uh, what, what you do because you're a fascinating chap because you don't just do this magazine. You, 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 you're... Um, a movie critic as well, right? I've done that for BBC
1: Radio Shropshire for over 20 years. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I love that so much. How it started is because I used to review the movies for the Shropshire Star. I mean, I worked for the Shropshire Star for over 25 years. And um, and I used to do the film pages for them and for the Wolverhampton Express and Star. Mm. And one of the weeks, I'm going back to this, like the mid-90s now, probably. One of the weeks, BBC Radio Shropshire's regular film critic was either ill or on holiday or something. And somebody rang me and said, "Would I, would I step in and do it for a week? And, yes. uh, and I said absolutely I would yeah, so I ran as fast as I could to my car got down there and, um, and yeah so after that for the first year or so I became like the fill-in person while the, the regular critic was, um, was doing his stuff and then he retired and they asked me if I wanted to do it and, and you know, I have to say great um, credit to the Shropshire Star they let me do it for the first seven or eight years in Shropshire Star's time because I was badged up as the Shropshire Star's movie man so it's good, good PR for the, uh, for the newspaper and then when I left, um, left the Star I, uh, you know, I, I started doing you know more work for BBC Shropshire, you know, sort of day a week or so, and uh, and yeah, I mean, talking movies, I, I thought to be honest, the movie show was going to be cast aside come March this year because you you know when when the world went mad and your cinemas closed, and you suddenly think, well, what are we going to have to talk about? But actually, I think there's more to talk about now than there's ever been.
0: I think I think now what we can do is, um, I mean, I've talked about this a lot because um, obviously t- I work with different shows and a lot of what we cover is movies and what's coming out. I mean, like just last night we were laughing at um, R. Pats's, um accent in the devil all the time. Um, because what he did cr- you think of that? I thought it was a bit of a weird movie, that. I thought the movie was great. I thought the, the tension was brilliant. Um, I thought I thought Tom Holland was brilliant. I thought he was great. I, d- I just don't understand why they chose three actors, three main actors that are not from the US to pick up a West Virginia accent, which is terribly difficult to do. Um, and then you've got our parts that goes from, if you know the the characters, he goes from Cletus in The Simpsons, Teabag from Prison Break, back to Elvis, and then back again. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? I, you know, he's just a preacher. And I just thought, why if you're going to choose a film
1: with those accents? Why go for British accent actors? Or... They do it so often, don't they? I mean, I was, I was talking on the radio the other day about the, the streaming release, and, uh, the, the free free to air premiere of The Girl on the Train. You know, and they yeah, cast yeah. Emily Blunt as an American, and and it's a British story, and they mm. take the British story to America. They take a British actress with them, and they want them to be American. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, does it?
0: It's funny. I mean, it was it was weird seeing uh, Tom Holland running around swearing going dark Spider-Man goes dark yeah, yeah, finally, yeah because yes, he's this kid actor that's just I mean that's always fascinating anyway isn't it I mean like when you think of uh, kids you've or you know people you've watched grow up on the screen when they make that transition to doing things a little bit more R-rated or a bit more violent or something it's, it's quite cool um, because you feel like
1: you've, you've, you've watched them. You it's know? hard for them sometimes as well. I mean, take somebody like Daniel Radcliffe, you know, who was Harry Potter to yeah, everybody, yeah, and he yeah. obviously, the minute the, f- the movie franchise finished, you could tell mm. that he was going out of his way to do something completely polar opposite to that, you know, whether it's uh, bearing all on stage to yeah. some quite dark, quirky uh, movies. I mean,
0: I mean uh, I've been watching a lot of RPATs recently as well, because obviously he's the new Batman. I'm a big Batman fan. Um, and I don't like to discount anybody. I mean, uh, when, it came to, when it came to Ben Affleck being a Batman, I was kind of like, oh my God, this guy's such a nerd. He's not going to get it wrong. And I feel like he was let down by the writers. But then when our came up, everybody was like, oh, we're going to have sparkly Batman because of the, the Twilight reference, obviously. Um, but he's done a few roles that were that, different roles. I mean, in, in uh, Devil All Time, he was an outlandish preacher, um, who's you know, got this obviously this accent, and then um, the
1: the one he did, the other one he did it. Um, well, it's Tennis, Christopher Nolan's Tennis is in, yeah. isn't it? You he's know, in, and he's that's in, another he's completely, completely different character again. So, I'm not, now I'm not going to name drop, but I was talking yesterday to uh, one of the stunt guys who's working on the new Batman film. He was showing me a few uh, really? of the tests of some of the stunts that they're doing. Actually, the, that's drive, really the driving cool. stunts because they've just started. They're, they're in rehearsals for it again, and they've got. Four weeks, it, they're taking over an airfield to do all sorts of uh, wacky chases. with. Because they film it in the UK,
0: aren't they? Yeah? They are, yeah. It's yeah. pretty
1: cool cars by the look of it. Yeah,
0: fair, so. yeah. Well, that um, that Mustang thing. It was a Charger, the Dodge Charger. He's got, uh, that looks cool. Um, so what, your passion for movies, where does that come from? Is, is, it, is it something that you've always had a passion for? I have
1: I mean, from as long as I, I ever remember I, I, I always remember the first big films I went to see at the cinema you know I was taken with my dad and I just you, there, there is I know things have changed dramatically you know in recent years and people are, are trying hard to recreate the cinema experience with the technology you've got in your home but for mm-hmm. me there is still nothing like watching a film with an audience as well. I mean, particularly some kinds of of movies. I think think comedies, feel-good comedies, where you can feel the energy of an audience. An action movie with the excitement, you know, that's why the big comic superhero films still play brilliantly on the widest screen, the biggest IMAX, the noisiest screen you can find. I mean, I, I, the first thing I remember as a kid, I fell in love with the Bond films. I remember my my dad mm. sat me down one day and said, um, sit sit down here, son, I think you'll quite like this. And it was, I think it was the first time Goldfinger was ever aired on British television. So yeah. I'm talking like mid seventies here. And I, and, and I think my dad regretted ever saying that to me because I just became completely intoxicated with <laughs> the Bond movies. And uh, if, whether the new one will ever be released or not is another matter, isn't it?
0: Well, they say it's ready, but it's the, they want to make that revenue, don't they? Yeah, yeah That's the problem. Um, but you're right, there is something really magical about, about movies uh, when it comes to the family. I mean, there's some key points, key, key moments. I mean, as far as like, the cinema is concerned, I don't think you'll ever be able to recreate that. The smell of popcorn, the bass of the speakers, the kind of anticipation of going in. I remember, like, there's, there's three moments I always remember. One, I always remember going to watch Jurassic Park as a kid when my I was only young. It was terrifying, but I'll never forget it because I liked that terrifying. It was kind of like one of those, oh, wow, that's scary, but... I, you know, let's do it again. Uh, and then there was um, the first time I saw um, Avatar. Avatar was one of the most amazing things I ever saw on the screen. I watched it in 3D. It was on the second release. Uh, I'd never been a fan of 3D, but this was just something I'd never seen before. Um, and also Saw free. Sounds like... <laughs> <but> I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. No, you weren't expecting that at all, because uh, it's just one of the most amazing things i there's a scene, this is quite graphic, I'm sorry, but there's a scene in Saw 3 where the, the skull gets revealed because the skin gets peeled back and they put like a drill bit on top of the head and I'm like, oh my god, I'm looking away from the screen and as I look, there's this bodybuilder, this huge guy who can barely fit in seat and he's looking through the gaps of his fingers and he's like, he's shaking and I'm like, wow. That's the power of movies, right? I remember
1: going to see the Blair Witch Project at the cinema. I never watched that. I never, um, I've never. never... I don't know why. I, I, yeah. And that was the same. There were some yeah. people that you would have expected would just think this is like a load of hokum, a load of nonsense. And there were some people who were absolutely shaking in their seats. I mean, because yeah. one, one of the downsides of, of doing this um, this job is that a lot of the time you go to a, a media preview of a film, so you maybe either sat there pretty much in, a, in an empty screen on your own or, with a group of cynical film critics who don 't tend to show their emotion very much because it 's you know, not what they do, so you don 't actually get any real chance to sometimes gauge how it enge- en- engage with an audience in some mm-hmm. kind of films i 'd like to go and see it with the joke with Joe public you know and see how it's how they respond to it in the way that the movie makers were hoping, particularly but comedies as I say it
0: must be really hard to um, not get overwhelmed too much because Sometimes um, I mean, I I I I try to when I first started doing this podcasting, I I did a um a show for a radio station, um, and it was called Al's Entertainment Buzz and I would it would be eight minutes long and I would have to fill all my all the all the stuff that's going on around the world, movie and geek related sort of, you know, in, in eight minutes and it was hard. Um but with my other shows as well, I had a bit more time. So I wanted to be able to sort of say, Oh, I've been to see this film, it was amazing but um I mean Baby Driver, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, things like this I was watching at the time. I came out of the cinema just bouncing, singing, dancing, you know. But then you tend to do these things where I've got a serious loyalty when it comes to Batman. I went to watch a Justice League and everyone's like, oh, it's awful, it's terrible. And I was kind of like, no, you're wrong. It's really good. I don't know what you're doing. And then the kind of dust settled and I realised.
1: And you realised it was terrible. I I made a right idiot of myself. It was terrible, yeah. Yeah,
0: it was bad. Um, So have you ever done that? Have you ever got it wrong? you know because of your own emotions how you feel about
1: well maybe take it back to the bond movies you know sometimes you know i I, if if you go you go along to there's so much razzmatazz with the media screenings of those they'll usually i mean a couple of times they've they've um, hired the od in leicester square and you know the press are sort of invited in there and you know it's tighter security than an airport um, departure lounge Mm. and so there's so much hype to it you sometimes you're built up to think well this has got to be good and i think I maybe fell into that trap a little bit with the second Daniel Craig film, Quantum of Solace. I didn't think it was absolutely astonishingly brilliant when everybody was coming out and saying, "Oh, this is another amazing gritty movie." And I just thought it's edited like an MTV music video. It just it was all over the place. Mm. And I gave it what I gave it. I think I gave it seven and a half out of ten or something like that when I reviewed it. When I look at, look back now, I think it's probably nearer a five and a half for me. That um, so I don't know whether I've got whether I've ever said something is absolutely brilliant. And then in retrospect, I felt that it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, somehow an eight eight out of ten sounds a stack better than a seven, doesn't it, somehow? Sometimes it
0: really hurts to give someone that you really love um, a a bad score. I mean, I'm a a big Kevin Smith fan. Kevin Mm -hmm. Smith is one of my heroes. And I went to watch Jane Silent Barb reboot uh, because I'm part of the Garmy, the Kevin Smith fans. I'm I'm part of all that. I used to be an admin for the the Garmy. Um, And... When they asked me about what did I think about the movie on the show, what I'd do, I was like, it was good if you know who Kevin Smith is, is fan service but if I was to give that to some uh, 17 year old kid now 18 year old and be like this is Kevin Smith I'm going to watch you this show you this movie about who he is he'd probably be
1: like this is cringy I think there's a lot of films actually to be honest where you feel like you almost want to give two different scores to them a bit like I'm thinking back to to last year perhaps the Downton Abbey movie would be an example of that Mm. if you were absolutely in love with the series and despaired Mm. when it it ended you're going to love it because it just serves up a sort of you know essentially three episodes pinned into one Mm. if you're looking at it from a, just a, a cold movie experience point of view, you think, well, actually, when you boil it all down, nothing happens. Nothing happens in it at all. To be honest, I think probably the thing I find the most difficult is when local movie makers who are working on a really tight budget, you know, with people, you know, working for nothing, will come to me sometimes and say, "Will you, will you review our movie?" And and I find it really difficult because you can't compare chalk and cheese like yes. that. You can't yeah. compare a low yeah. budget movie that's been shot in three days on an on an on iPhone with the latest Marvel Avengers Assemble, and how do you then... Oh, sorry. You, okay. Sorry, I'm wrecking your equipment. No, it's not. <laughs> give, it, give it a mark out of 10 and put it in comparison in a league table with other films that... that um, so it, 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 expectation is everything, isn't it? Yeah, you know, so you do have concerned. to have
0: that kind of independent stance on things. I mean, like, um, I, I, know, I know a lot of filmmakers. I've spoken to a lot of filmmakers. I'm working with someone too. Um, and yeah, you're right. When you see something that's been made with next to nothing... And you compare it to, you know, they like of Scorsese or something, you know, you can't, yeah, you're right. Um, but you, you, you then got to throw him a favour, you got to throw them a bone, haven't you? Because, I mean, do you feel like that, that's what well, you are got I to Well, I just,
1: I just always feel that the thing to do is to talk about the things I liked mm. and not to dwell too long on the, thing, yeah. on the things I don't. But, it, but it, I mean, it's a bit like a restaurant review. It, 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 you're doing no one any favours by saying, this is a fantastic meal, if really it really isn't. And then somebody drives 50 miles on the back of your recommendation, sits there and says, well, what was he talking about? So you, you can't... You can't just tell you blatant porkies about things, but... Um. Yeah, and what are your thoughts
0: on, on the current toxic kind of geek culture at the moment? Because I feel like there's a lot of unnecessary sort of haze thrown towards things, especially with the Star Wars guys, you know, there seems to be a lot of... Even if something's brilliant, it can be really... I mean, they've ruined people's lives, haven't they? You know, they're that, that that culture
1: some of it has let me tell you here's here's a nice segue into my other job because shropshire <laughs> business magazine that i edit the guy who designs our designer is a uh is a member of um fantha tracks one of the star wars fan groups Wow. Okay. um paul naylor and so uh, I, we we talk a lot I we talk a lot about um franchises like that and mm-hmm. and so um i know from from chatting with paul you know that at the last three star wars movies particularly have created so much toxic debate, I think. Mm. I mean, was it The it was the Last Jedi, wasn't it? The last book, the penultimate one. Uh, yes. I mean, I thought that was terrible. I really God liked it. I I think it when, that bit where, where Carrie Fisher's floating in the middle of the spot, <sighs> what's that all about?
0: I like that. I, I like that because um, she is a Jedi. She is a Jedi and she... I, I don't know. You can debate about it for, for hours. But I think when it comes to um, Star Wars, it's very much... Um,
1: it's, it's based on your perspective. So how you look at it? How you see it? I think it's based on where you came into the franchise. Because talking about those big event movies that I went to see with my dad at the time, you know, the the original Star Wars seventy eight when it came to Britain, wasn't it? um, Was one of them, you know? And I was absolutely captivated by it. That and the Empire Strikes Back, particularly. I remember going to see it cinemas. And then, um, as time goes by and life changes, and you're in a different period of your own life as well, when you go back and revisit these films. It's never going to be the same. Even if they, re, you know, made something that was essentially the exact same film and you're watching it 20 years mm. later, you wouldn't have the same emotional response to it.
0: Yeah, I get that, actually.
1: And I it was nothing like it, you know, when, mm. for, when Star Wars first came out. There was nothing like those kind of movies, also, whereas now, there's and a it, lot of competition.
0: And it's it's on a bigger scale as well. I mean, it, I mean Star Wars has always been on a big scale, but um, for me... Uh, growing up, Star Wars was those movies that were on in the background while the turkey, the turkey was cooking at Christmas. You know, it's one of those things where I'll oh, sit down and watch it. It's only when I learned about the the story of Anakin Skywalker and kind of, the, you know, where this is going, I was kind of like, oh, this is good, you know, and I really got stuck into it. And, and episode three, for me, is just
1: beautiful. That 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 kind of clear up those gap that gap there. You, you've got to say... Um, hats off to george lucas's you know and his mind mm. and the way he he planned it all out you know right from that day one when everybody thought he was a complete nutter and nobody understood what he was trying to do and nobody wanted to back him and he was worried about whether he was going to cost him a fortune i i went to the press launch of um revenge of the sith that's episode three isn't really it? um in london and that's it i went to a press conference with george Amazing. lucas and hayden christensen and a couple of the others there and um it wasn't a one-to-one, but there was me and probably three or four other journalists. And uh, he's a difficult person to interview, George Lucas, though. He doesn't give much away.
0: Yeah, I imagine so. And
1: I feel sorry for... I mean,
0: sorry, listeners. We're talking about Star Wars. but We will get onto, like, Shoesby stuff in a minute. But um, there is a point I want to bring up about Hayden. As far as critics are concerned and the fans, I feel like uh, Hayden Christensen was served a very much the service because... They were like, oh, he's such a wooden actor. Listen, he's got no energy about him. But it wasn't until my friend, um, Eric Fluger, what's up, Eric? And was kind of like, listen to the way Darth Vader talks and then listen to how Hayden Christian talks. He's reverse engineered that voice, which actually makes him a genius. And I was like... Huh, so when you think of that, I was kind of like, wow, he actually did a good job. I mean, at first I thought he was wooden, but you know, and when you think of it like that.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd still maybe veer a little bit towards wooden. I know what you mean though. He's mm. obviously, you know, he'd obviously researched it, and, you know, and he knew what the, the elements that mm. the fans would want to dissect. Yeah. It's uh like I said.
0: I loved. It. We could talk about it here for a. While. How long have you got? You seen well, you got I think yeah, at twelve o'clock. But I mean, can you cancel? <laughs> I'll come back later. Sorry, <laughs> um, the Shrewsbury Business Magazine, Shropshire. Sorry, no, I did. I did that on stage. I went. Oh, it's the Shrewsbury virtual show, and it wasn't. It was the
1: Shropshire virtual show. Um, where did this all begin for you? Where, when, well, when? they used. To, I mean, I used to be the business editor at the Shropshire Star in the okay, nineteen so so you know, nineties. So that's those, how. Yeah. That's how my connection to business really started and um, there used to be a magazine in Shropshire called Shropshire Business Today which I used to do some writing for um, shortly after I left the Shropshire Star and for one reason or another the editor of that moved away and that magazine just sort of ceased to exist so when I'm out and about really people kept saying what's happened to that business magazine what's happened to that business magazine and so you know after a couple of months I got together a good friend of mine is a chap called Henry Carpenter who used to edit the Shropshire magazine and over a beer or six, or seven, one night, <laughs> um, we started talking about well, why don't we? Why don't we pool our expertise? Really, why don't I, I bring my business background, and Henry bring his glossy top-end magazine editing background, and let's have a look at see if we can put something together. And and the Shropshire Business Today was more of a business lifestyle magazine, so it would have things in it like um, holiday reviews and fitness columns. And I wanted Shropshire Business to be purely. Hardcore is probably not the word, but a simple business-to-business publication just full of – I mean, there's so much going. Shropshire just punches above its weight all of the time, I think, from a business point of view. I've always loved the fact that you can go around any corner, you can knock on the door of a, 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 a you know, an unassuming business unit in – any, you know, you'll find in any of the Shrewsbury industrial mm-hmm. estates, and you'll find an amazing story, and they're making things for people you would never, never believe.
0: I absolutely, yeah, yeah. a slip of coffee. Uh, yeah, please drink your coffee. Yeah, yeah. Please enjoy. Um, I, I, I actually. That's one of the reasons why I started the biscuit. I mean, the way I explain this when I, I talk about somebody coming on my show is I want to find out your story. I want to find out your stories so the listeners can because you walk past the business or you, you flick through the yellow pages in the old days. Or, you know, you're on site, online and you see like a name or a logo that you recognize but you've never used before. If you heard something about them that made you like them and made you want to, you know, get to know them a bit more, you know, it, it might entice you to go in through the door. You know, and that's very much what you're
1: doing with the magazine, right? I think this is this, this next comment is hugely generalising, but the, I think the principle is right in that a lot of the companies that have the time and the and the the desire to shout about themselves are usually the ones that haven't got the most interesting stories to tell. It's mm. the ones that are frantically busy, can't turn the work away, haven't even got time to think sometimes about PR and marketing, particularly small and medium sized companies that have got the the great tales to tell, and actually because they're Perhaps senior team have got their nose to the grindstone. They're really close to the day to day. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't take a step back and and, and consider just how interesting what they do is to the general public. You know, they just think it's 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 an everyday occurrence. And so they don't they don't think I wonder if this is of interest. You know, would people like to know about what we do? Yeah Because sometimes they're, they're the ones That are worried about You know Getting too much publicity Because they've got enough business And they're quite happy Things of course have changed Quite dramatically on that front In the past six months Absolutely Yeah
0: And that's a that's a good point actually We'll get onto, get into, onto The C word In, 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 a, in a bit Um I mentioned uh, Mark Harris at the beginning of my show I hope he doesn't mind me talking about him um, but it's nice things um, when I was younger when I was younger and I always thought of the business men in suits because it was never me you know I was never that kind of guy and I still am not today um, I didn't have the kind of respect for that kind of world as I do now not after speaking to people doing this with a biscuit learning about how, how clever people can be um, building their own things making their own things and Actually that is re- I find that really respectable when somebody can put their mind to something and create something and then put some love and passion into it and make it into something big like some, something simple like Mike from Stop Cafe I was mentioning him because he was one of my first interviews he was like oh, i 'm going to make a coffee shop now you see that stop logo you know what that is you know everybody knows what stop is um, i've got a lot of respect for that um, i don 't know where I was going with this um, but <laughs> well it's, it 's it's, it's a risk that people have to take to do that as well isn't it you know they put a lot on the line if they 're going to do I, that. I, terrifies me terrifies me um and it's only like because this is what i mean with mark harris is where i brought him up is i sat with him and he was like well you are doing it you, you what you're doing now is business to business and i was like what and he was like well you're you, you're telling people about businesses and you might generate more business for them so what you're doing with the biscuit is business to business from biscuit to stop cafe business to such and such business to you know and i was like wow i didn't know i never looked at that i just thought
1: it was a podcast do you know what, what I actually think? One of, the, one, of the, one of the biggest strengths of places like Shrewsbury particularly, Shropshire as a whole, is that there's, there's an, a, a desire to want to actually try and do business with each other, yeah, to sort of keep, keep, keep the Shrewsbury pound in the town. Yeah. And, and you don't find that everywhere else. I mean, we, we branched out with this and we did um, a magazine in Cheshire. We've got one in Birmingham, Birmingham Business Magazine as well now. Nice. Um, certainly, certainly if you compare Cheshire to Shropshire... I don't think there's a we're all in it together kind of spirit anywhere near as much north of the border as you find here. Because yeah. you know, on, on, on the face of it, you look at it and say, well, the counties are very similar because here we've got Shrewsbury, the Black and White timbered buildings. They've got Chester. Here we've got Telford. They've got Warrington. And But there isn't this feeling that actually we want to try and champion what people are doing in Shropshire. And I think some of the business support organisations over the past few months have done, have worked really hard to try to keep people networked as much as you can. I mean, you know, I know the the guys at the Chamber of Commerce have done so many um, online networking groups, which have been mm-hmm. really well subscribed. And so, and I think that you know everybody's realised the importance of that. You know, at the moment, because I, the, because making making it clear that throughout all of this, you're still out there. You haven't just put up the shutters and given up and waited until it's blown over. You're looking at either finding a way through it or looking to diversify. Because they say say a time like this is an era of the entrepreneur, don't they? It brings forward your idea for, your plan B comes out, doesn't it? And this is what I've seen time and time again. I mean, with the the
0: cooperation between companies uh, in Shrewsbury, that's been one of the, 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 the biggest selling points for Shrewsbury for me, because this whole experiment, this whole thing with the biscuit was, me finding out about Shrewsbury and one of the constances was uh, cooperation. People working together, and it was just amazing to me that people that. There's a lot of people here that it's not all in it for it's not all about the money 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 it's about let's build relationships because it's almost like a trade isn't it you know you've got Amy Madam Lama's flowers here um she might need someone that does boxes or she might do someone need someone that does business cards or and so they build these relationships and they all work in harmony and that's
1: beautiful you know? and personal recommendation is still the most powerful marketing tool mm, isn't it you know yeah. I, if, if i if I wanted business cards doing all flowers or whatever you say and I you know I to come to you and say right have you used any of these guys before what would you recommend them that's far more powerful than a, mm. than a, a search engine's ever going to be for yeah. me
0: um so we've worked on sort of the strengths of, of sort of shrewsbury as a, as a business place what, what do you reckon are the weaknesses what are the, what are the things that let shrewsbury down um is there anything i mean i know you like to be quite positive but is there anything we can work on in it as a town
1: well i i mean i think a lot of the things that, that that Shrewsbury is maybe perceived as being weak on it's it's already acknowledged and it's starting to try and do something about. It, to be honest, I mean, it, it's always suffered from being sort of the the west of the, the extreme western fringe of the M54 A5 corridor, the western fringe of the West Midlands, and so I think I don't think it, it's always at the front of the queue. It's when isolated, it, so. yeah. I mean, you know, when it comes to in big investment projects that come into the to the region, you know, if you take things mm-hmm. like the Marches Local Enterprise. Kind of region, um, and the and the, the greater West Midlands, it always seems to you know it's dominated by Birmingham, Wolverhampton, the Black Country, maybe Telford, but you know how, you you have to work that much harder, I think, to get people to keep going out towards that place called Wales. I mean, people it always used to make me smile when I worked on the Shropshire Star, and you'd ring a press office from you know down the other side of Watford Gap, and then they'd say, "Where are you from?" I'd say, "I'm from the Shropshire Star," and they'd say, oh Shropshire, Shropshire." which county is that in there you know and you, you think and so you're you say well it's in that little gap between Birmingham and Wales and that, that's as, as close as you could ever get Birmingham so, it's by Birmingham just yeah yeah, yeah. So, so I so I, so I, but I but I think that um, you know the, the the negative side of it you know there's there's been a perception in Shrewsbury that oh it's a traffic nightmare you can't get into town it's not not built for the, for the car in complete contrast to you know friends our friends in Telford down the road mm. And so, you know, almost the weaknesses of Shrewsbury are the strengths of Telford and vice versa. I mean, I think you see a lot of people who, who will drive from Shrewsbury to Telford to work during the day. They'll drive from Telford to Shrewsbury for their leisure in the evening. And it's almost different kinds of directions of traffic at different times of day. But I, th- but I don't think that's anywhere near as, as polar as it, as it was. I mean, I think things like the flax mill development, unfortunate timing for that really at the moment. But, you know, yeah. that, that's got the potential to create a really exciting creative quarter. Yeah, okay, I mean,
0: I spoke to Marianne um, about the the flax mill um, a while ago. She was doing the Darwin Festival. I, I need to get them in, actually, because I'm really interested in the in the, the, um, the little business hubs they've got going on there because I think that's really important. Um, and we spoke to Joel at the prison. He's uh, Congratulations to Joel, by the way. He's just bought that prison. Well done. Um, it's a great bit of business. He's going to do something similar there because he's going to give the smaller guy a chance to sort of like flourish and grow Uh, and I think that's really important like because like you said this is the age of the entrepreneur this is where we're going to see some people turn nothing into something I believe anyway I I mean I said like at the back end of the the pandemic when things are uh, sort of dying down hopefully that's going to be the time to open up a business right
1: like yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, people, are, you can see in the last two issues that we've done of Shropshire Business Magazine, you can just look through the pages and you can see people that have all already started quite clearly thinking, right, how, what are we going to do here? How do we how do we come up with, a, mm-hmm. with another opportunity? You take somebody like, like Beth at Shropshire Festivals, you know, and, you know, huge chunks of her business have just been ripped away from under and, and well, she hasn't stopped, but but she's, she's, she's got, you know, five, six different ideas on the go. I mean, saw a saw launching something about her, a hamper company a few days ago. Yeah, and they've got the winter festival as well. Yeah. You know. And, and, you know, it's maybe, I, I think you you perhaps had a five year business plan before COVID and it's, you've had to condense it into about three months, haven't you? And yeah. pick out the bits that uh, are most important. And, and um, so, so, you know, as long as you've got the drive, and I actually think, as well, at the moment, you want to, the balance of, of of fun versus profit, don't you? You know, you want to offer something. It's a bit. i we mean, going back to our film talk, mm. the sort of the, the the hyper depressing movies which leave you feeling like you need to uh, slit your wrist at the end of it. That's not really what you want. You want something feel good at the moment, don't you? And so, some yeah. of the businesses that are offering a feel good package to uh, to people. There's there's a, a girl out, out in uh, Ponsbury who's turned uh, some redundant farm buildings into these little beauty. Pods, which nice. uh, which were featured in the last issue, and that's exactly the sort of thing—creative, quirky. I, I saw
0: something about that. I, I saw something about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there, there
0: lockdown, for example. Uh, when, I mean, that's going back, far back now. I mean. <laughs> I think it's lockdown 2.0 or probably 1.5 now that we're going into some semi-lockdown.
1: I'll be on week 28 of broadcasting my movie show on BBC Shropshire from home next oh, week. Wow. And that's uh That's wow. how long that's been. So I'd love to. I'd love to like talk with you more about about that actually because
0: I want to. You know. Mm, we should definitely keep in touch after after this and because i love that i love i love talking about things that you enjoy especially with movies and and, and business and things like that because there is definitely a a certain amount of um attraction when it comes to someone talking about something they're passionate about you know something they can just you know it's jazz isn't it
1: whereas if you if you're struggling through uh, 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 through something you're not quite brilliant at, people say to me sometimes how can you just how can you go up on the on a stage and host an event or how can you go onto the radio and do a live broadcast and i'm sure you know it's the same from your point of view you think well i can do it because it's an it's in a, a, an arena where i know my stuff and i enjoy doing it mm. if you asked me to go and give a, a, a 40 minute presentation at the university on quantum physics i'd be struggling i'm not going to lie you know but uh, sensible amounts of research being in your comfort zone and actually realizing that you don't have to be perfect with everything you do, you know, we're all flawed human beings, aren't we? And and so it's not about <laughs> delivering an absolutely grade A perfect presentation. It's about relating with people. Um, that's what I
0: love about what I do is I'm I'm very transparent. If I if I mess up, I mess up um,
1: because that's my journey, right? But people love you for it, you know. Mm. Sometimes that you know that way because there's an honesty about it, then isn't there? Um, Thank goodness, because I mess up quite a lot.
0: <laughs> well like i said the the shrewsbury virtual show and you know in front of tens of thousands of people which is which was mm-hmm, one of my highlights but you know you got you move on um how do you keep your finger on the pulse when it comes to because i was looking for the website and there's lots of like intricate sort of details about businesses um whereas a, a new manager will come in or there, there'll be a staff change here or this that and how do you keep your finger on your pulse with that do they get in touch with you or are you just constantly you know keep keeping an eye
1: on things batman sort of standing on the on am like you know scowling at the yeah i could tell you but i'd have to kill you yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well it's a bit of both to be honest i mean now that we're four and a half years down the line with publishing shropshire business we are thankfully hopefully touching wood much better known than we were and so so more information comes into us but in those first um probably the first 12 18 months I think I had a head start in that I'd all, I was already known from my time when I was on the Shropshire Star as a business editor, and, yeah. it was, and and my first the first thing I really did was go out and start reconnecting with a lot of people who I'd maybe you know lost contact with, just to just to get out, making sure that you are, as I said, we're so well networked in Shropshire, dipping into things like the chamber network clubs or the business chambers, the chambers of trade, the growth hubs, and just you know going getting out and about, having a natter um and making it clear that actually we w- I want to know what you're doing so please can you just you know include me on your on your invite list and so there was a, there was a lot of a lot of groundwork that need to be done to start with mm-hmm. to make it clear that um you know that we're interested in telling the story and then of course the pressure is on to make sure you do a sensible good decent job telling their story and then if you do and if people then start talking about, oh, we saw your story in the Shropshire Business Magazine, or, or oh, we saw the business magazine in the parade shops, or we saw it in you know in the, mid- in the middle of Shrewsbury, we saw it at the Growth Hub or the Chamber, people then start to think, oh, actually, you know, the visibility of the magazine is our selling point. And if people think, well, this is everywhere, then people think, think, well, okay, we need to be in this. So our distribution model really is the thing that's helped to drive the the traffic to us in terms of editorial content. I probably get... On, our, on my editor at shropshirebiz.com email address now 200 emails a day i would have thought now a lot of those are round robin national press releases mm. that of no interest to in me whatsoever and they've just happened to found found the email address off the database but um you know that does just show that we're on the circuit and the same happening. our birmingham magazine is two years younger than this and so we've been through that, that exact, exact same process um at the end of the day people do business with people i believe and you know you're far more likely you'd be far more likely to tell me a story particularly if it's maybe a difficult story a sensitive story if we've met If, if we're just an if i'm just a name at the end of an email even a zoom call it's not the same as having a relationship and feeling that you're comfortable enough to be able to just perhaps pick up the phone and say look i've got a bit of a story here things like job losses or you know if you've got a a yeah. and the other thing is being a being a trusted journalist because you I, you know you want people to feel they can tell you something in confidence and, yeah, that, it, and that it won't yeah, leak yeah. out and you yeah. know that's that that's that's and the absolute journalist's stock in trade and that you know the moment that you lose that then you will lose everybody's confidence I can imagine that happens quite a bit actually we're,
0: we're doing this right now because uh, in about six months we're going to be doing this and this is what it leads on to but don't tell anyone
1: it does yeah, it does yeah. and and you know and I and I always treat that as a feel that like a compliment that they feel they're able to tell me that and mm-hmm. they trust me with that information because they know that if I've got the background I can maybe prepare and do a proper job with it when it's ready to be unleashed and the only time that I would be slightly unhappy with that is if they then went and gave it to a rival publication first (laughs) and i found out i was reading next time next time and
0: that happened with me with charlie adlard um i talk about this a lot it's a comic salopia last year um he was talking on the on the the steps there at the at the university and i was going to try and get a little bit interview with him and uh he he was just kind of chatting away with someone it was at the end everyone was exhausted i went up and asked him and he was very like dry with me He was kind of like no I'm busy sorry and, I was kind of like, and he's usually a really friendly guy he's a really good he's, he's a, a big friend. champion of Shropshire he, isn't he's he he's a yeah. friend of mine now he's really good I feel privileged to say that but he was talking at the time to someone the only person in Shrewsbury Shropshire probably even the UK that knew what his plans were for The Walking Dead that it was just going to end it was just this huge exclusive and he thought I was eavesdropping <laughs> like, so he came on my show a couple of months ago and he was just like yeah you nearly you missed that you were about five metres away one of the biggest exclusives in comic book history. And I was like, wow. But I think if I'd have heard that, I, I, I wouldn't have said anything anyway. If you you wouldn't, probably wouldn't have been your
1: mate. If you, no, if
0: you no, I wouldn't do that. that. I wouldn't one, do that. So. I did say that to him on the show. I said, I wouldn't do that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I believe in that. I feel like sometimes uh, to do something nice for someone or to do, uh, do something that's not, I would never be devious like that. Build that relationship, right? Because everybody that's been on the show before, um, I still speak to a lot of people that 's been on the show you know there 's people that come back there's there 's people that I, that drop me emails i 'm doing this. Can you do this for me and that 's because we 've built a good relationship i will never never
1: stoop to that kind of level. Do you see that a lot though? Have you seen people that have stolen the scoops like that you know? i think I think from a, from a, in in the world of journalism you, there's there are two types of of reporters in my experience, particularly when I was at the Shropshire star there are mm-hmm. the ones who are good, reliable community reporters, and that 's where they see their career. Mm. And there are reporters who are using you as a stepping stone because they want to get to the nationals. The predators, and they're and they're the ones that give the community local journalists a bad name. I I, I tell you a Shrewsbury uh, story, which is I think sort of highlights it completely. There was I'm going back into the, in, certainly into the 90s now, maybe even late 80s, but there was a bit of a scandal at um, Shrewsbury College's group, uh, Shrewsbury College, which which found its way into the media about uh, they'd been off on a skiing trip and one of the tutors had allegedly become a little bit too familiar with one of the students. Okay. And this had leaked out somewhere and so I was sent by my news editor, I was working at the Shrewsbury office at the time, go to the college, find out what you can, get someone to talk to you. And when I got there, there was me and there was a guy um, from The Sun, who's the local reporter from The Sun who'd obviously already been tipped off. We sat in the college reception for a long time. The principal was allegedly coming out to talk to us And they just basically kept us waiting and the guy from the Sun, who was more experienced, I was quite a a young reporter at this point, he said, I'm not having any of this, I'm going off for an explore. So he went out of the the building and I thought I'd better better follow him here to see what happens. And he went off around the the perimeter of the college and we found this um, caretaker, I, I suppose he was, and the guy from the Sun just said something completely innocent to him, said they said who are you and he said well we're here we're trying to find out a bit about this um this scandal this skiing scandal have you heard anything about it the sun guy said to the uh caretaker and the caretaker said oh yeah i did hear something about that yeah i'm not not sure what it was all about something completely irrelevant completely good, yeah, yeah. and um and that was it and then we went back into the into the college found out that the uh the principal had been advised not to talk to us and i went back to my office and i said to the news editor i'm really sorry i can't get the college just won't speak next day A page headline in The Sun, college caretaker reveals truth of rumpy-pumpy on the ski uh, slopes. And then I'm hauled into the editor's office to say, well, what's going on here? You told me that no-one spoke. You told me that that the college didn't say anything. What's this in The Sun? And this reporter had, at best fabricated, at worst, completely made up these quotes from this unnamed caretaker source. And that's the difference, you see, because that reporter was never going to have to go back into Shrewsbury back to try and yeah. gain the confidence of those people. Whereas a local reporter, you know, we had a rela- I mean, a commercial advertising relationship, aside from anything else, with the college. But editorially, these are important contacts and you can't afford exactly and to break to cross the line. That's
0: why when Jurgen Klopp was like, I don't speak to the Sun, I'm sorry. No, no. I was kind of like, yes! I was kind of like, oh my God, that's amazing. Because when you watch those football press conferences... You can look out at the crowd and you'd be like, spot the sun journalist because he's got the gold chains and it. Oh, yeah. Um. So, can you tell me uh, why you're, you know, and they, are so crass, you know. I'm a bit. I'm a big. I mean, I'm, I'm a journalist myself now. I consider myself. I, I get press passes, so I guess I'm part of the press. Um, and uh, I, I, I think I have the certain amount of integrity that will probably make me fail in the journalist. I mean, you're a journalist, I, I, and I, I, I feel like. I'm too nice. (laughs) I don't
1: don't think it's a question of failing. It's just, you know, the type of personality you are, you choose the the area of journalism that you operate in. I'm a positive guy, do you know what I mean? That's the thing.
0: I'd find it hard to, like, to to, to say, I mean, like, take someone I know and be like, wow, they've done this today and it's terrible. They need to, you know... uh, so
1: yeah, I always try. I hope I've always tried whenever I produce any kind of story to try and put myself in the position of the person I'm writing about mm-hmm. and think to myself, "Well, how if that was me, how would I feel about what's being done to me yeah. in the public?" You know, yeah. I think I think that's the closest you can ever come. But uh, I mean, there'll be times when there's a difference of opinion as to you know what you feels in the public domain and what maybe official. It's very different if you've got, for example, experienced media trained career politicians who start off with the objective of not wanting to tell you anything or just have an agenda of what they want to broadcast. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. a very different approach. You know, if I'm, if I'm do, when you, you do live radio or TV broadcasts, you know, I would interview a politician who's doing this all the time very, very differently than I would your little small business person who's arrived in the studio and is terrified with the sight of all the microphones and the lights. Mm. And yeah. um, it, it's just having a bit of awareness really from that.
0: Yeah, I feel that because we get a lot of people that are like, oh, is it live? Uh, I don't know what to say. don't need to bring anything. I'm just like, relax. Just think, it, I'll, I'll buy you a coffee. We'll sit and we'll talk. And that's just the, the way it is, you know. Um, but you guys seem to be doing something quite po- positive on the, on, in Shropshire business. Um, you know, you're giving people a voice. Uh, and I think it's an important time to be doing that um how how has the how's the pandemic affected you as a as a as a magazine and sort of the content you're providing
1: well we missed an edition our our um april stroke may edition was about to be put together when all when the world went went crazy and yeah. so obviously it's a free magazine so we our, our business model relies completely on um advertising, advertising yeah and so we so i, I felt that rather than just and a lot a lot of advertisers were maybe locking with us for perhaps 6 or 12 months so I could have printed the the, the April-May issue because, you know, we'd got commitments from advertisers to run for a year, but I just felt this is not the right thing to do. So I spoke to the advertisers, gauged their opinion. Most of them said, you yeah, we're, we're not even trading yet. So so we decided not to print our um, April-May issue. But when we came back, we the two big things we had to tackle editorially was what kind of information do people now want? and I, And my view was, right, we want, first of all, evidence of how the county is fighting back secondly what kind of support is available for businesses to aid their cash flow or financial support or grant aid things like that and secondly let's get some expert columnists together to give us some some business advice but also Mm -hmm. some hope and so so it was important to make sure that we did focus on some of the business people that had found a way of diversifying and of course, and, and, then, and then gradually you start to find that some of our commercial advertisers are saying well look we, we, we need to be back in here because we need to let people know that we haven't just just closed our doors so that was the one side of it editorially the biggest the biggest challenge to be honest was distribution in you know, that for certainly for our issue our june july issue yeah i imagine so. um, because yeah. we've de- developed a you know a pretty sophisticated distribution point where it's about eighty percent of our magazines get delivered directly either to business premises or to popular busy points like the like the parade where you mm. you know you pick up a copy. And a lot of these either weren't open or they didn't need as many or they needed them in a different a way. Scared about. So, yeah. the, so the big thing that's happened is um, there's been a big shift in the number of people that are now downloading the PDF version of our our magazine off our website. Which...
0: It's good that you got the the, the two options obviously because. I I I mean I like, I like a magazine. I mean when it comes to reading, I prefer a book. But I kind of like sitting there with a tablet, just kind of scrolling across. It's kind of nice. I
1: don't know. It's a generation thing, isn't it? Don't
0: I don't think? know though because I do I do love I do love literature and I, like there's nothing better than the smell of a book. I'm a bit of a hybrid, I, I guess. You
1: know, see, know. I'm a bit of a contradiction because yeah, I produce a business magazine, but then at home, you know, when it comes to devouring some of the other mm. local media, I tend to read it on my tablet. Whereas my wife still wants to actually physically pick up the newspaper yeah. and have that experience so
0: i used to be a big fan of q q magazine uh, i used to love that i think their articles were just mind-blowing sometimes and i remember um, when it came to throwing them out there was just this big stack of q magazines i was kind of like oh. they were good to pick up now and again i suppose um, um but yeah uh what's the what, what's what you guys got going on Soon, the future, what's the future hold well, for you? Our
1: current issue, which has just come out on the streets, we're focusing on if you, if you love the repair shop. On BBC, Jay Blades, who hosts it, he's just moved to Shropshire and he set okay. up a business in Shropshire, so he's our he's our cover story there. But as we speak at the moment, our November December issue, we're just starting work on that. And the main thing is that for that, I'm afraid, is just how ready are we for Brexit, folks? It's all it's, it's the thing that's yeah. You know, I can sense the yawn coming. But that out was already. a genuine yawn. Like I it wasn't sense the come British. out already. You know, it, I was, mean, it, it was it was nobody could talk about anything else, could there until until COVID? But now, of course, you know we are. We're less than 100 days away. I couldn't think of a worse subject to jump onto after COVID and Brexit, to be honest. But you're right, we've got to talk about it. It's our future at the end of the day. But also an exciting thing, I can give you this one as a a semi-exclusive as well, that we're looking at a Shropshire Business um, live TV show, a monthly TV streamed show, um, which will be produced right here in Shrewsbury. Um, nice. We'll have some more information about that soon. But that, that sort of, I'm, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking of this. It's like a, it, it, it's a pitched a bit like the one show for businesses.
0: Okay, yeah, um, I like that. I like a magazine
1: that. style show where we maybe have a panel debate. We get some experts in the kind, the kind of ingredients that we have in the magazine. So we've, we've, there's a group of of media folk in and around the area who are all sort of collaborating loosely on What's it at that the moment be and trying to Shop your business life. TV is what okay. we're looking to uh, um. to call it. So I will. Uh, I will let you know as soon as I've got more information about that but it could be we're hoping certainly to have an episode or two out there before the end of the year
0: nice I really like that I think it's really good I think I think this is what we were talking about earlier about movies and TV things like that. is we're going to see a lot of independent people being like I'm going to make something myself then
1: you know, well, it's what you do, and and actually, you know, technology these days makes it a lot easier to do that, mm. doesn't it? You know, absolutely. So I'm thinking, Shropshire business life TV sort of brings in all the different elements of what I do. I like talking. I like I like them. broadcasting. It's a it's a little mini movie, and it brings the business in as well. So uh, we'll have to have you in the studio with us. One of the episodes. yeah,
0: I'd love to do that. You know, I should be first on your list. Um, <laughs> no, I do like things like that because it's. Um, it's Yeah, it's the way, way things are going right now. I mean, uh, when it comes to live sort of productions like that, yeah. Um, I would love to do like a talk show type thing, but um, I'm more about being behind a microphone rather than in front of a camera, do you know what I mean? But at the same time, it doesn't really bother me. It's
1: anymore. not as different, you know, when I, when I moved from newspapers to radio, I, that for me was a much bigger shift than moving yeah. from radio to television when i started doing some work for um, made in birmingham television and hosting some mm. programs for them which i did for three or four years when i first stepped into the tv studio i thought i'm a bit of a charlatan here I, you know I'm, I'm a con man here i'm blagging it <laughs> and actually you just realize that the skills that you need to do something like this mm. yeah once you've got over the, the, the self-consciousness of watching yourself and the little ticks that you have on screen <laughs> yeah. but, you, but you can easily sort of iron that out and uh, it it's not so different and
0: um it's all about experience at the end of the day and i feel like i've i mean this is what i'm trying to instill in my team but even though i've been doing this for years i've still written here on the top of my page it's not about you whiteley because i feel like i talk about myself too much
1: you know, yeah, it's you've got to l- promote. You've got to promote what you do, don't you? Yeah. At the end of the day, you've got to do whatever it takes to put your guests at ease and make them feel like you know. You, you want to make it sound like we're sat in the front. Room I want to a relate to you, and we've known for years. Yeah, don't you say so? yeah. exactly, exactly?
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but um, where can if people don't know where to get a copy of Shropshire Business Magazine, where can they get them? Yeah,
1: I mean, you can come into the parade, of course, and pick one up right now. But uh, if not, you can get a, a PDF copy from our website, which is shropshirebiz.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you want to drop me a, a line anytime, it's editor at com. If you've got any kind of stories, exclusives, controversies, new appointments, anything like that, <laughs> drop me a line because uh, if we can help out, that's what we're here to do.
0: Well, I think you've been fantastic. I, I, I'm really... Um I'm, I'm, yeah, it's been really good we've gotten really really well and um, I really appreciate that you know because we've got a lot in common actually I believe um, and I, I, you've been an amazing guest um, have you got any thank yous or any messages for people that you want to say um, people that you work with at the magazine
1: well I, I mean I have to say we've got a fantastic team at Shropshire Business because we are all jacks of all trades really a lot of people with you know with decades of experience in the media industry and we're all juggling for, for all of us Shropshire Business is part of a sort of media portfolio so as I said you know my Star Wars mate Paul you'll have to have him on as well if you, if you love your Star Wars you could talk yeah. to him for a week yeah
0: See, I, I, I do do. I do have other shows for that, so we'll have to think, we'll have I'll, to have a chat. I'll hook you up. Because, I'll get my people to talk to your people and all that. Sort yeah, that, so. yeah, that'd be great, because um, I don't think the... I mean, we've already talked about Star Wars on the show today, but um, I don't think that the biscuit... I don't know, maybe uh, write into me if you're into your Star Wars. We can do more Star Wars-y stuff. <laughs> I'm thinking of doing a, a live, uh, a Facebook Live sort of um, streaming art-type show uh, once a, a week with a biscuit as well, because... I feel that's gonna, that's something that's missing with The Biscuit, I feel like, because we've done uh, vlogs, we've been at live events, We like I said, in front of camera, messing up my lines and stuff. I feel like that's what's missing from this show, is just kind of that, that physical, not physical, but visual... Uh, interaction with people um, because I like that people can write in the comments and we can speak to them on the show. I like that. You know, That's
1: so. what's so great these days about any kind of media that whatever you publish, you get an instant response to people what they think of it. Exactly. You know, it never used to be that way. It used to be the editor of the newspaper would put what they thought was right then you'd have to wait for the letters to the editor to roll in through the post a couple mm-hmm. of days later. But now, put something out there, if people have got something to say about it, there it is, bang, you know. What it? was that
0: TV show called, where they used to read out complaints letters? Points uh, points of view. I just remember that. that that's such a long-winded way and, and a weird way of doing things. Yeah, it's so, quite quaint these days, isn't it? Yeah. I was watching Annika's Challenge, and that top was, that top was way too tight. <laughs> you know, I could see what she had for breakfast. Uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, You've been amazing. Thank you, Carl. Well, thanks for your time. Good to see you. Make sure you uh, check out the Shropshire Business.
1: Um, and what, what about your show as well on, on uh, BBC Shropshire? If you want to hear what I've got to say about films, it's films at four every Monday on BBC Radio Shropshire, four o'clock. So, and again, again, if you're a local movie maker, if you're involved in any kind of film-related project, whatever level, if it's a documentary, if you are behind the scenes in front of the camera, if you're looking to screen something even, anything that's got a film connection, again, um, drop me a line. I've got a different email address for that. That's Jones one because there's loads of Joneses. At bbc.co.uk. Okay, I mean, um, I, I know a few people might take you up on that. Uh, Gareth from Rocking Horse, he's doing the. Gareth was on our show a couple of weeks ago. He's oh, doing that. Really? I, I had a chat with Gareth and Ben, who are involved yeah. in that project um, that they're trying to get off the ground with some auditions that we're going to be doing. So yeah, I did a I did a Zoom interview with Gareth. Yeah, he's... Um, I'm doing. A, I've got a piece about a, a documentary which is being made all about um, our own war poet Wilfred Owen, which we'll be talking about on the next right. show. So it's it's a, it's a mixture of. New film releases, new streaming releases, recommendations of what's maybe available, free to air on telly. But at the end of the day, we're a Shropshire film show, so we want as many Shropshire connections as we can possibly get. You know, No nice. production is too small.
0: Cool. Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, you've been amazing to talk to. I, I, I've got, I'm looking forward Ooh. to building a relationship with, with you because I think we can help each other loads. Um, listeners, uh, before I go, I need to tell you about our... Uh, Number one, the fact that this has been recorded at the Parade Shopping Centre in Shrewsbury. just took behind uh, St. Mary's there. And if you've not been here before, make sure you come and check it out. And, and if you haven't been here for a while... Well, where have you been? Uh, the place has changed. There's so much going on. The Riverview has got an amazing uh, sit outside place uh, where you can sit now with uh, drinking coffee with the, one of the greatest views uh, you're going to get in Shrewsbury. Um, there's lots going on here, so make sure you check it out. And also make sure you check out our website as well, which is www.theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk. All of our audio is available on there. If you're not uh, if you're not a big fan of Spotify, iTunes, or Podbeamer, you can also find our show. Um, so make sure you check that out. Carl, thank you so much for chatting to me. I think this has been great. Pleasure. Uh, We'll catch you guys next time.
1: Peace out.